Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 190 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. You know it, you love it, and if you haven't tried it yet, here's your opportunity. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, and they'll custom roast it for you. They'll, They'll roast it any way you want it. You want light roast, you want dark roast, they'll roast any kind of coffee any way you want you know what else is better they'll ship it to you you don't even have to leave your house to get amazing fresh roasted coffee anymore they'll ship it directly to your house and all you got to do is go to couchtowncoffee.com find a coffee you like make an order and when you do you can let them know audible farm sent you and they'll give you 20 percent off why because couchtown coffee is that awesome thanks couchtown This week, I'm sitting down with Kelsey Magnolia. She's been on the podcast before. It's been years ago, which is kind of a weird thing to think of that I've been doing this podcast that long. Uh, You know, and Kelsey's probably got one of the craziest turnaround stories of anyone that's been on the podcast twice. Last time she was on the podcast, we talked about her art. We talked about booking shows. We talked about her making an art show that was in its sixth year of being a thing uh, down in the Des Moines area. And I mean, uh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. There'd be an event that would be take place all day long with artists absolutely packing Vaudeville Muse from one end to the next. And then at night, there'd be a show. And I was even lucky enough to play on one of those shows. I think of the six I went to... I went to three or four of those events. Couldn't make it every single year, but I definitely did go a few of the years. Amazing, amazing fun time. Unfortunately, Vaudeville's no longer, and uh, Kelsey's moved on to other things. We get into that in this upcoming episode. She's training to be a professional wrestler. Uh, well, she's already trained, and she's already had some matches. Uh, all I have to say is I've seen her. I've seen her wrestle once, and it was technically like her first public outing even though she did have a match before that that was still a public match but I call this quote-unquote her first match and either way uh it was it was surprising because I I know Kelsey and it was fun to see her transform into a character and go out there and play a role which was something I I figured even though I knew her it would just be like yeah it's cool she'll do this you know it'll be wrestling and whatever but it was it was super fun. So whether or not you guys are interested in pro wrestling, I guarantee this will be a fun one to listen to. I'm sitting down with Kelsey Magnolia, recent graduate of a professional wrestling academy. We talk about all that stuff in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. I had an absolute blast sitting down talking with Kelsey. I did have a little bit of audio mix up in the middle, but we got it fixed in post. I edited it out the best I could, and uh, yeah, that's that's the name of that tune. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. It's episode 190 with Kelsey Magnolia. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, so today I'm sitting down with Kelsey Magnolia. I don't have the stats up. It's been like, what, three years since you've been on the podcast? Uh, about, yeah. I Probably about exactly that long. It's been forever. I don't I mean, two and a half, if nothing else. But yeah, it's pretty wild. The last time you were on the podcast, we talked about your art. We talked about you booking shows. We talked about you with your annual uh, Two Broke for the Arts Festival Fest, and this is all pre-COVID, too, so this has been has been a while since all this stuff has, has happened. Yeah. That was the last uh, last art show I did, so that was three years ago, right before the very last one. Oh, man, that's crazy. So, yeah, it has been has been a while, has been a while, but uh, uh, did COVID cause that to just kind of go away, or, or was that just uh, 
Like, I don't, I guess I don't know whether or not they did the arts festival that year or not. No, they definitely didn't. It was COVID for sure. I had it booked for 2020 and then it got canceled. Like, you know, like everything else did when shit started. Oops. I can, can I swear? Yes. I'll try not to swear. Yeah. I'll try. Not to swear as much. I, I try, I try not to, too. Rogers, <laughs> So I'll try to like suppress that. Um, yeah, it was COVID. Everything got canceled and the arts festival was canceled. And then eventually the vaudeville muse closed. So oh, yeah. yeah, it was a combination of everything closing and then me getting a totally different direction in life as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that, uh, in the last three years, you've definitely changed what you've been doing. I mean, you still do make art. Uh, I have seen you make like t-shirts and things like that and make little knickknacks here and there over the last three years, but you did start doing some other stuff. Uh, let's just hop right into that. You started training for wrestling, professional yep. wrestling. Pro, pro wrestling, wrestling. Yep. Um, April of 2021, I moved down to Knoxville, Tennessee for three months and trained uh, at JPWA, the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy, which is the head trainer is Dr. Tom Pritchard. Nice. You know, wrestling? No, he is a legend and in my opinion, the best wrestling trainer there is out there right now. So I got to spend 12 weeks there wrestling four nights a week, doing promos one night a week and trying to figure out how to be a wrestler. Now, is that the, 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 I remember there, he's got a brother, right? He does. Dr. Tom is brothers with Bruce Pritchard, also known brother love brother love okay so uh tom would be the guy that i remember seeing in the attitude era when he, he was like a scab ref on tv for a while was that like him if i'm thinking they're the right person i probably did that a couple of times i mean he was the main trainer for kurt angle and he trained Vince too so he was definitely around that whole time and very involved with everything yeah i, I think i remember seeing him like getting some tv spots or something they had like a storyline where the refs were tired of getting beat up by everyone so they brought in scab refs and I think he was one. I think like Harvey Whippleman was another one. And, uh, so like all those all those guys from like the uh, mid '90s and, and early '90s, like that were still in the back doing stuff that could still pull off some sort of wrestling something. We're out there doing stuff, and that's uh, super cool. That like, how did you choose? Hit? I mean, there's a billion places you could have gone, even within the state, to to train for wrestling. What made you choose that place over any other place? Um, well, I. Once I decided to do wrestling anyways, I was like, I'm going to take it pretty seriously because I'm not as young as most people when they get into this. So I've only got, you know, I'm already at a disadvantage that way. And like you said, there are a lot of schools around here, but pretty much just the uh, everything that Dr. Tom has done in his career. And he actually, the school is relatively new. I think it only opened in 2018, maybe. So it's still relatively new. I didn't know that. And never knew I wanted to be a wrestler until just pretty much a few years ago. I was always a fan of it, but didn't think I was going to do it. A couple of things led to me wanting to, and I just uh, found the best school with the best trainer. And Tennessee is an awesome place, so it was a plus being able to live there as well. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So let's kick it all the way back. What, what was the first thing that ever got you into wrestling back in the day, whether it be you were like a kid or in your teens or whatever it was? I mean, I just remember in the Attitude Era, like, having to sneak watching it because my mom didn't like me watching it at all. And at one point, it must have been in 99, we went to a Raw in Ames, and it was awesome. And I just, uh, I was into it. I didn't, I could never watch the pay-per-views. I never, ever watched a pay-per-view. 
like ever because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just never knew anyone who bought them, never did myself. So I wasn't like a super big fan, but I always liked it and then kind of fell out as I got graduated high school and all of that. Um, came back in when my friend had asked us if we wanted to go to WrestleMania 26 in Phoenix. And I was like, yeah, sure. And on that road trip, I started reading Bret Hart's autobiography and just like that's, I fell, fell way deep into being a fan again at that point in time. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. I do recall the attitude era. Like I, I didn't have cable at my house, so I like would buy VHS tapes and have people tape it and give it to me the next day, which was kind of this weird like double-edged sword because like all Tuesday you'd have to like plug your ears around people and be like, I can't hear what like I don't want to know what Stone Cold did, I don't want to hear what DX did, like don't tell me about the Nation, like I don't want to hear about any of this stuff, like I gotta I gotta find out for myself, and I'd have to like watch it on Tuesday, so I'd always be a day behind everyone like on on the raw stuff, but uh, yeah, I do recall like it being pretty racy and sometimes my like my parents would be like what are you watching i'm like oh this is pro wrestling you know like the whole hogan stuff everyone used to watch you know prayers and training and vitamins and stuff not not the same <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah i mean it's uh it i loved watching it back in the day growing up and it was pretty wild but it's also pretty cool like who took you to the raw if your uh if your parents weren't really super into you watching it um, I went to church and the only other girl in my class was Amanda Millage and she was super into wrestling and her whole family was and they didn't go and they asked if I wanted to and somehow I convinced my mom to just let me go. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, yep. that's, that's so cool. I remember you guys going to WrestleMania 26 as well. Was that the one with uh, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair? Or? That was Shawn Michaels last match against uh the undertaker it was oh, their second yeah. yeah yeah that's super cool i mean that'd be that'd be something really cool to get the opportunity to see i mean it's you you air quoted last match because that's just you know that's how the wrestling business goes maybe a one what's that i don't acknowledge his match in saudi arabia so in my mind it's still his last match he ever had yeah no kidding no kidding <laughs> That's uh, I mean, that's really cool to go like get to see those kind of things because I've I've been to a couple WrestleManias and it was uh definitely like eye opening. It was it was so wild to see the giant production. Like uh, I went to. I mean, there were seventy two thousand people there. Oh, it was just Jesus. an insane amount of people. That's wild. I mean, the WrestleMania that Bret Hart uh had a match with Vince McMahon and essentially just beat him with a pipe the whole time. So that was really fun too. That was the same. That was the same mania. Same mania. Oh, that's so cool. That's so much fun. The same mania. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, the manias have gotten huge. I, I went to 22, which was in Chicago at Allstate or whatever they call it now. And that one only had, I mean, they can only put like 25,000 max in there or something. So that's what it was. But the next one was like at in Detroit at 23. I went to that one as well. And that one had like, like you said, like 50 plus thousand. It was just like, holy cow. Like this is a big difference. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they've turned that thing into an absolute juggernaut. I mean, the weekend surrounding it with all the other wrestling companies coming to town and everything. It's, it's pretty yeah. wild. It's pretty it's wild. It's thing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I do recall once when you and I were like in our twenties or whatever, the, the Humboldt County fair, which is where we grew up, had pro wrestling there. And I, I don't recall what happened. You guys might've been around or something, but my dad was like, I've got some free tickets to this, and I don't want them. Do you guys want them? And I, I think he gave us free tickets, and we went to this wrestling show or something. 
Yeah, and Harley Race was there. Yeah, like five feet away from us. <laughs> he had like no idea. And I like, uh, I just told this story this weekend, like to everyone I was on the trip with. And I was just like, I, I had no idea. I had no idea who Harley Race was, how legendary he was, any of that. And now he's gone. And it's just a wild story to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I remember like, this was my first time ever seeing like local wrestling and things like that, or indie wrestling. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Tarly Race, cool. Like, and that's pretty much like all the farther I took it. You know, it was just, I mean, it's kind of like you. I wasn't so deep into it that I knew the past either. So I was just kind of like, neat. Like, this guy's been on TV and stuff. He's won titles and, and stuff. That's cool. You know? <laughs> it's just kind of weird, though, to think about it, though, because it's like, I mean, uh, before you became, before you trained and became a wrestler, like, you and I and Clint and a handful of other people went to what I can only say, like, uh, maybe hundreds of wrestling events over the course of like five, 10 years. Yeah, uh, we did. Went to everyone that we could that was around us pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we'd go to like, uh, you'd find companies that would do like once a, once a month, we have like a Saturday show. That's like our big show, but they'd run like small ancillary shows in smaller towns, like other weekends. And we'd go to those and, you know, we'd, we'd a lot more than I did at the time. Cause you were doing a lot of like the Twitter stuff and like, doing rankings and stuff like that. So we pretty much stayed to like the Des Moines area, but still went to a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you went with to the, to the Jerry Lynn retirement match with us, which, uh, believe it or not, that one was like really wild. There was a lot of really crazy, uh, locals there mixed with like a lot of star power and stuff. It was really fun. Uh, do you remember that match? The main event was like, uh, maybe like a four way match. I can't remember. I think it was like, Jerry Lynn and X Pac versus, or Jerry Lynn versus X Pac versus, uh, maybe like uh, Horace the Psychopath and Sabu. <laughs> now that you say those names, yeah, I could only remember the Jerry Lynn and X Pac. Yeah, remember in it, but yeah, Horace the Psychopath. I think you're right. Yeah, he was actually like uh, in something I watched not too long ago. I don't know if it was a Dark Side of the Ring or something, but he had like a little spot in it, and they were just. Uh, I, they never mentioned him by name, but he w- had like a clip in it with somebody, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's Horace the Psychopath. He's been around for a while. He's uh, he's tons of fun." But I don't know if you remember that match. Like, X Pac did like some sort of a Bronco Buster type deal over the ropes onto a table and ended up like really injuring himself, and like nobody knew about it until the next day. Injuring himself in a really unfortunate uh, place. Yeah. Yeah let's, yeah. let's just say he tore the seat of his pants out, and uh, it ended up causing more issues underneath the seat of his pants than we thought it like had initially so gosh that was wild Ugh, but it's things make me think like we've seen like crazy stuff like we've been to magnum pro wrestling back in the day and saw like the taipei death match do you remember that i mean oh my God. uh <laughs> the front row for the taipei death match yeah yeah i remember <laughs> yeah uh, that was also really wild because i remember like there was like a baby there eating cheetos like right in the front row too in like a high chair like I, I think that's one of the funnest things about pro wrestling is the fact that it's like there are fans from everywhere. I'm sure the wrestlers are the same way since now, like now that you've gotten some like more behind the scenes kind of deal. Like the you think about the fans and there's people that span from like and I'm not trying to like pigeonhole anyone, but like you're a valedictorian, you know, like you're you're obviously like an intelligent person. But then there's people that like bring babies to Taipei death matches and put them front row, you know, so like you get like this wide spectrum of people. I'm sure it's the same in the back, though, too. I mean, pro wrestling's got to be this weird, crazy amalgam of people. It's a circus for sure. And I 
only been doing like I've wrestled 11 matches. So I've only been really like out on the road and stuff for not even a year yet. And it's crazy. I've met so many people and I have, I've had more more fun in the last year than I've had doing anything else. And it's, I mean, it's similar to music in a lot of ways because you meet so many different people, but yeah, as far as the spectrum of people you get from the fans to everyone, there's every type of person involved with wrestling. Like every type of person you can imagine you will encounter at some point at a wrestling show. Yeah. It's, it's wild though, but like a wrestling show takes all kinds of people. It takes women, it takes men. Sometimes it takes, uh, I mean, it's not, you know, socially acceptable. They call it midgets and midget wrestling, but like, I, it can't, I don't know, whatever. They take short people, you know, it takes fat people, thin pi- people, athletic people, you know, like whatever. It takes all sorts of people. So like, that's the other wild thing is you could think to yourself, you know, there's this, this chunky guy here that's never weightlifted ever in his life. And for some reason, I'm believing that this guy has a chance at beating this super athletic looking guy. And it's all based in the way that they're portraying it to you, which is super wild to me still that I'm like 30 something and like, yeah, I could still suspend my disbelief for this enough. Yeah, if people are good enough at what they do, you can take anyone that... And that's the thing, like, there, anyone has a place in wrestling if you're just, like, weird. <laughs> like, if you're <laughs> more, like, if you've got something different. I mean, and it's, that's, the indie world is more like that than, like, the WWE world, because they, they have what they want, they have their, everyone kind of knows what to expect there. And that's what I love about indies so much, these small shows in these towns in the middle of nowhere. Even if there's like 50 people in the crowd, it's just a totally own unique environment with. And like you can get more fan interactions in places like that than you can in the big ones. You can really like you can spend five minutes of your match just like jaw jacking with the crowd and it's fully entertaining for everyone in the room. And like that would not fly on TV or anything like that. So it's. It has its own unique environment and it's super fun. You know, that's something I never really thought about is like crowd work is definitely prominent in indie wrestling, whether or not it's like, oh, we're coming out and I'm the good guy. So I'm going to high five everyone around the around the barricades and all the way up and give them the old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the bad guy comes out and he scowls at everyone and maybe yells at a baby next, you know, at the ringside or whatever, like some kids holding up a sign. And he's like, get out of here, kid or whatever. But like that kind of stuff never, ever, ever happens on TV. And I never really thought too much about it. But, you know, like uh if you're on TV, it's probably not casual fans that are sitting in the crowd watching. It's probably diehards. So they get the gist of who to cheer for and who not to. But if you're at like just some indie event, you might it might be your first event ever. So you have to like kind of tell the people like, yeah, I'm, you're supposed to cheer for me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, at TV, you know, everything is on the tightest schedule possible. That If you have three minutes for your match, you have three minutes for your match. Like you got to stick to that and. It's uh, I'm actually going to Monday. Monday Night Raw is in town tonight in Des Moines, and uh, I'm going to check that out. I was hoping to get some extra work on it, but all my paperwork and everything didn't wasn't able to get that done in time. And I, they didn't contact me either. So there's that. Yeah. But <laughs> my uh, my trainer right now, uh, I, like I did the three months at JPWA. And since then, I've been training with Craig Kieseman, uh at his winery down in Missouri. And he is doing extra work there tonight potentially maybe possibly getting a match which would be cool but i went to the gym with him earlier today and we're gonna try to find somewhere to eat afterwards but it's monday night memorial day in des moines after 10 p.m so might just have to make some food at home yeah it blows me away about des moines like it's uh there's not very many places to go out late ish to eat like after shows i mean you're even fast food there's not much open which blows my mind (laughs) 
I know. Like the only thing I could find that's open past 10 p.m. tonight is IHOP. <laughs> that's it. Hooray! Uh, that, that just reminds me of the time we went to uh, an IHOP and uh, we went with Mick Foley. I don't know if you remember that. That was like the last time I was at an IHOP. And that was like also a weird situation. Denny's. It was either a Denny's or like a Village Inn. Was it? it was, I, yeah, it was definitely more like it was not an IHOP. <laughs> oh, God. I, I just remember like the whole thing being awkward. I remember uh, him asking for maple syrup and she's like, I got syrup. And she, he's like, is it maple syrup? And she's like, it said syrup on the jug. Like, <laughs> he goes, do you have real syrup? And she goes, well, it comes from a real jug. <laughs> like, what kind of an answer is that? And he was just like, okay. Like, just took. She had. That's the most informed answer she had. <laughs> he just took it in stride. Went with it. It was so funny. Oh my gosh. You know, and that's that's yeah. like another thing I think about is like going to all these shows and stuff. Kind of as as fans kind of got people to kind of realize who we are uh as fans you know and, and you dipping into the the wrestling scene now i i feel like that might have actually been a benefit to you you know having people already kind of know who you are etc you know from being a fan beforehand uh have you contacted like any of these companies that we used to go see a lot to kind of like talk to them and anything like that yeah i've tried a little bit um a lot of them are booked way far out and only have so many spaces available but there's a new uh one absolute pro wrestling is they're running in Fort Dodge. This current one's full, but I talked to him a little about uh, Jason Prentice about trying to get on that one. So that could be cool. Um, there's something else I was going to say. I totally forgot where I was going with that. Um, yeah, lost my train of thought. Oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, I was just we were talking like uh, like other wrestling companies as far as like where to where to go or like because I mean there was most of them are still around. Like three X still runs shows occasionally, like kind of like I they haven't been super consistent. Yeah, they, I mean, as far as I know, they're not really doing anything at all right now. Um, but they do little, like, sponsor shows, and they still, hopefully they do more. Like, I'm always, I hope there's more. I want to wrestle in Iowa more, but just haven't really been able to work it out. But I remember what I was going to say, and it wasn't technically on this subject, but you were saying about being a fan before and having that help me now. My first uh, match that I had outside of... Um, my training matches, I was in the locker room with Jeremy Wyatt. Oh, and, like, yeah. Jeremy, one of my favorite wrestlers. And, like, you know, you go around, you introduce yourself to people. And he, like, knew us throughout the years. But I still, like, hi, Jeremy, I'm Kelsey. And he's, like, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is weird. It's so surreal. Like, one of my favorite indie wrestlers is just, like, in the locker room. And I'm a wrestler now. That's wild. That is wild. I, that's another. I oh gosh, man. Of all the people we went and saw wrestle, like I recall, uh, Wyatt versus Sterling. Uh, yeah. Mark Sterling was also another really good one that he wrestled. But it was uh, we went down to Kansas City. Sometimes uh, we saw him wrestle Adam Pierce, not just in Kansas City, but also in Des Moines. Uh, which that match was stellar in Des Moines. Oh, Pierce is amazing. He's so good. Oh gosh, Pierce is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, was it Michael Strider down in Kansas city? I saw him wrestling him a couple times up until he retired. So like we got to see like Wyatt wrestle a handful of people in a handful of different places and pretty much everywhere he goes, he dominates, you know? So it was, it was one of those fun things to actually get to He's still collecting belts. All <laughs> over. The belt collector. Yeah. Uh, 
that's super cool you know getting to meet him and at and he actually still like remembered you and i mean like he's got a few of us on facebook and stuff like that so he still kind of you know sees us online occasionally or whatever i'm sure like you're like me where every now and then you'll like thumbs up something he posts or comment on it like neat or whatever but yeah it's that's also really cool to have some of those people from like our wrestling past still be around and still doing stuff um you know whether or not like like you said you got to run into him in the back at, at a show you said yeah. your first show right yeah <laughs> all right this. i'm back uh i don't know what happened lots of crazy stuff my bad uh but yeah it's super crazy that you get to like run into people that you had seen at like past shows and things like that i'm sure that's going to happen a lot more in the future because like believe it or not a lot of the people we saw like 10 years ago are still kind of out there out about doing this you know yeah they are and I, that's what i love i mean you really have to like it to do this because it's <laughs> it's hard and there's like not really much payoff for it honestly the payoff is like the hangout afterwards and getting to share stories with everyone and the road trips and just being able to pick people's brains and learn more about not just wrestling but you know life and all of that mm -hmm. yeah you get this whole like camaraderie thing going on that uh you might not get elsewhere yeah my current training group out at uh pony express wrestling and uh windy wine co our group is awesome. Like we have a really good group of people that train. He trains on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I only make it down on Thursdays most of the weeks because it's a two and a half hour drive and busy week between Clint doing music and everything else. But um, yeah, we keep getting new people coming in. And Craig is like, Dr. Tom is like a legendary trainer. And Craig is like in that same vein of old school. He was trained by Sonny Myers and Harley Race. So he is passing on the traditional way of teaching pro wrestling and does it in a way that is very welcoming and encouraging. And yeah, like you said, there's so much camaraderie. And I've met just like we have a tight group and it's really good. That's awesome. I mean, it makes me think like, uh, we were talking about places to train. I'm sure every place is a little bit different in some aspects. Like even some of them might even train differently. Like just the whole basic concept of wrestling, not just like, you know, I'm sure they all teach the same basic holds, but some places might be like, well, this is where you need to do high spot, high spot, high, you know, something, something weird like that might be like a thing nowadays. Major thing. That's a major thing. And that's a major reason why I chose JPWA to go to, because a lot of people, I mean, anybody can open a wrestling school. Anybody can be a wrestler. Anybody can say, hey, I can train people. Just pay me some money and come train with me. So there's no sort of <clears throat> vetting process or anything like that. Like there used to be like it used to be hard to get into the business. You had to know somebody and then they had to want you to be there. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, that was a good thing. In a lot of ways, it was a bad thing. But, um, yeah, there's a not too many people teaching the psychology of wrestling as much as there are people teaching how to do a lot, a lot of moves. And so I was very picky with where I chose and uh, yeah, that's, and that's why it's good that Craig is in that same vein of like, I don't want to get too deep on stuff here, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you pretty much broke it down there in, in the best way you could have by saying it's like, so instead of just just teaching moves like these people are also teaching the psychology of it because like <clears throat> i mean what you're doing is like a grandiose form of like like really athletic theater of some sort if you want to put it that way and some of it's on the fly even if you plan it out you still have to do stuff on the fly like you said interacting with the crowd you can't control the crowd who's going to be there what they're going to say 
but you still have to kind of interact with them and they're going to be different every time. You don't know what's going to go on. So you also have to figure out like, oh, well, like my training says, like I should like slow down here instead of speed up, even though I feel like I want to speed up to get the crowd going, ah, you know, like whatever. So it's kind of like crazy to think about how it's changed over the years, but there's still this meshing of the two styles. Yeah. And I mean, so much of that uh, comes with experience and like so much you can only learn by doing matches. Like you can train and do drills all you want, but there's nothing like being in front of a crowd, actually being out there doing a match. And like back in the day, in the territory days, they were wrestling five nights a week, twice on Saturday, three times on Sunday. Like, and you would have to do that. Like Dr. Tom said he wrestled for, I think five years before he was ever allowed to like call a match in the ring on his own. And like, was to that point, like he was pretty much a rookie for like five years in the business. Wow! And like you get out of training and you're expected to go have matches. And it's definitely just a different world. Cause there's not a, there's not as much as many promotions. And there is a lot of opportunities. There's not as many matches happening. So you don't get as many actual reps in matches. Do you think there's uh, less companies now than there used to be? No, I mean, no, because every state has 9 million little <laughs> from like being a bullshit promotion to a good one. Every state has a ton of them. There's a lot of them, but they're all disorganized. And I, I, I think it would be great to go back to having some sort of network for the territories, at least to just like work together. And then, but you know, Back in the day. Yeah, it's kind of weird that these companies don't want to interact with each other and do things like that. Because I remember there was like a few companies around that didn't necessarily like each other, whether or not they ran in the same towns and things like that. I mean, this was just like 10 years ago when you and I were going to a lot, you know, five to 10 years ago when you and I were going to a lot of matches. And they would like run shows opposite one another across the state. And it's like, you guys could be crushing it if you just went opposite, you know, Friday, Saturday, or like somebody does like opposite ends of the month or whatever, but... Yeah, I think there's more promotions, but I think there's less <clears throat> there's less fans that go to shows, honestly, which is kind of sad. But that's also, I mean, it, everything's expensive. Everyone's been trained to stay home now. But there's there's definitely there. I mean, there are obviously promotions that get good, good crowds and stuff like that. But it's a, uh, I don't know. I feel like wrestling's in a weird place right now. You it's know? always in. It's, it's always changing in a million ways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it is a kind of in an odd, odd spot right now. But like, uh, I mean, I always just kind of it's not a good bearing as a way to like gauge what's going on. But I always kind of just look at WWE stock and just see what's going on there. Because that's like the big one, you know, and it's still pretty steady, but it hasn't like grown or fallen anywhere in the last X amount of years. Well, because <clears throat> they make so like they don't hardly do live shows anymore, like t like house shows. They don't do house shows. So they don't like so much of their money was made from ticket sales before. And now they don't even have to depend on ticket sales. They have all the Internet and streaming and everything else. Like, it's just strange that the whole like wrestling business depended entirely on ticket sales. That's the whole point is like the gate making the tickets. And now we're at this weird point where you don't even technically need that, which is strange. <laughs> it honestly, yeah. Like, I mean, one of the terms is being a draw, like you have to draw people to the event, to the venue, to the show on that day to spend their money. And now it doesn't matter. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a, a clickbait, you know, like, can you do something where it's like Jeremy Wyatt pulls chair out from underneath lady when she goes to sit down, which uh, I know Jeremy's probably not listening to this, probably won't listen to this. Hilarious. He just reposted it. 
That's why he's the best. I mean, he could do like the most simple stuff. Some lady's going to berate him and like throw a drink in his face or whatever the heck was going on. And he just like, she went to sit down and he just pulled her chair out from under her and she fell on the ground. Like it's innocent, harmless, hilarious. He's a bad guy. <laughs> That's so much fun. So how, how did you end up transitioning from your art stuff to wrestling? Are you still doing art things? I mean, I have whole rooms of art supplies that I intend to still do stuff with. Yes, I'm still doing art. I'm just really focused on wrestling and I need to balance my time, try to space my time out a little more to still do art. Um, a lot of it was um, I was really into stardom women's wrestling and uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but Hana Kimura was my favorite wrestler in stardom and like right when 20 in the middle of 2020, like the worst part of it. She committed suicide and it was really terrible. And um, that was just kind of a catalyst for me to make some changes in my life and get some direction, I guess. I really focused, I I was gonna work out and like really, I'd been working out for a while, but I was gonna really focus, like get on a program to like build my muscle before. And I just decided to make myself a better person to try to make Hana proud, I guess as lame as that sounds it was just a, a big catalyst for it and I try to think of her like every time I do any I try to I try to really practice gratitude with this whole wrestling thing and appreciation and I try to be really respectful with everyone I interact with because I have a lot of respect for this business and I want to treat it in a way that people will respect what I do within it too so it's really helped me to become a better person in a lot of ways and to just focus and get direction and it's been really good that's good i mean that's that's crazy i mean i was actually gonna like ask you something along those lines where uh we were talking earlier about how like it really doesn't matter what shape you are in wrestling or what shape you're in in wrestling you can kind of just go out there and do it as long as you got the cardio and a character so like something you said you you've been working out i i remember like for people that don't know, I've known Kelsey for a long time. I'm in a band uh, with her husband, so it's like one of those things where I think I've, 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 I've seen you a lot. I've been around you a lot, and I've seen you, like, start to change your diet and change what you – you know, you you don't drink pop anymore, and if you, if you do drink something sweet, it's usually, like, you know, rarely and things like that. So it's kind of cool to see, like, how you've changed your life and things like that slowly over the years. And now that you're training more, it's like uh, – it was kind of a joke at first, but it's serious. Like, you can – you were always a really small person. Now you can start to see you're starting to get some definition in your muscles, like a little bit. It's like really cool. Like you're, you're flexing. It's like, I don't have that kind of definition. So it's cool to see this time to see any results, which, cause I, I mean, you know, I could push myself a little harder, which I continually try to, but no, it's, it's been cool. Cause I was, that's why I never thought I would, could be a wrestler. Cause I was super scrawny, just super scrawny. And I, turns out I'm way taller than most female wrestlers. So that's a plus. And now I'm getting a little muscle. So yeah. Then like we've said, you can look however you want, blah, blah, blah. But at a point you definitely still have to like the ones who get to that next level, put that effort in and you can tell that they, eh, but yeah, it's wrestling so fun. I just love wrestling. <laughs> so like where I was going with all this, like, do you feel better physically now that you've kind of like changed your diet a little bit and started working out? Just, I mean, even if it's just a little bit, when you're first starting, could you tell? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could never touch my toes like before I started doing this and like my flexibility has increased so much. I used to have, now I have back issues just from taking crazy bumps and doing stupid wrestling related stuff. But like the back issues I had before aren't there and 
yeah, just building muscle has helped with posture and all of that. So I definitely feel physically a lot better and mentally it's helped in a ton of ways too. I wonder if that's like a double like psychoschematic kind of thing where it's like I, I work out so I feel better mentally and because I feel better mentally, my posture is better, but my posture is also better because I'm working out and it's just yeah. this big culmination of everything's kind of coming together. Yeah, yep, yep. That's super cool. I remember you played sports in high school though, didn't you? I mean, yeah, I did dance all throughout growing up and I did softball. Softball I did more than basketball, but yeah. I was athletic, but then when I graduated, not so much after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of us, though. I feel like, you know, so... But that's what's cool, though, is, like, I feel like watching you do this has kind of, like, helped me realize that, like, oh, people can go achieve their dreams, you know? And, I mean, I don't know if you felt the same way I did, but, like, when you hit about 30, you're just kind of like, well, I'm past my prime, all my dreams are over, can't go do anything, you know? And then all of a sudden, you're just like, no, wait, no, I can. I get to watch you do it. And it's kind of one of those cool things where it's like, this is something that's attainable if you really want to try and do it, you know, whether or not it's you wrestling or, or me playing music or, or doing a podcast or whatever it happens to be, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you just got to go out there and do it. Yeah, for me, I mean, turning 30 was, I loved it because I just really don't care what anyone really thinks anymore <laughs> at all. Like, I'm just focused on what I want to do. And I... I was an idiot when I was in my 20s, and I don't know if I'd be able to navigate the wrestling world quite as well then. Also, it's so weird because, like, part of me is like, I'm about to be 33 next week. I'm going to be 33, which is not exactly young in wrestling. And I kick my own ass all the time. Like, I should have started when I was 17. I should have been doing this. But, like, JPWA didn't exist then. Like, these, all these things that fell in place for me for this path to, like, open up wasn't a possibility until now so I try to just like keep that perspective of like yeah I'm later to the game but I take it really seriously and I have respect for it and I think I I don't know I just I really love wrestling and I want to be my whole goal is to be a good wrestler I want people to say I'm a good wrestler I don't want people to be able to like shoot holes in what I do and I just want to be like a good worker good wrestler yeah because I love much <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so what are some of your favorite wrestling companies out there i know it's not going to be wwe probably it's probably not going to be impact um you know i'm just throwing out randoms but my favorite wrestling promotion is stardom in japan it's an all women's joshi Resu promotion and they're the most they're the most profitable biggest one over there they're owned by bushi road who also owns new japan pro wrestling which i also love new japan pro wrestling um i i watch watch a lot of AEW. I watch some WWE. I try to just, I watch a lot of the women's matches. If I ever see clips of women's matches come up, I primarily just watch those ones just to know who's out there and who's doing what and what they're doing. And if they're stealing the move that I'm thinking about doing, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. True. Like that's, that's gotta be something else. That's kind of crazy. Cause like, uh, being a woman in the pro wrestling world, some people look at you as kind of like, I don't want to pigeonhole anyone, but like unknown, like you're just kind of like the, you're the bathroom match, you know, or whatever. You're just before the headliner so everyone can go get some more popcorn or whatever. But there are some people that take women's wrestling, not just women, there's some people that take women's wrestling so serious that they would be able to realize, like, oh, you're picking off moves from this wrestler. Or you're really inspired from that wrestler. Because, I mean, and it's not just Japan. It's over here in America, too. There's some women's companies that are just crushing it over here. Yeah, and that's funny. I never thought about that. People, like, specific like, fans being so into it that they would – that's funny. 
Yeah, I, I like women's, I like all women's promotions. I like all women's shows. I also have no issue with intergender wrestling. I've done intergender matches just because I want to wrestle and I'm the only girl there. Uh, but I like all women's promotions because I just think it's, it's kind of hard sometimes when you have, it's, you'll have a men's match and a women's match and they, they'll do the same things, like the same moves between the matches. And it's just, there's certain things that guys can just do in a way that girls can't do. And that's just, and there's certain things that girls can do moves in ways that guys can't do. And when they try to do the same things, it's just like glaring. And I think on all women's shows, you can just, it, it's kind of its own world, you know? It, there's no comparison to the other thing, which makes it, I think, more enjoyable to watch. Dude, that's genius. That's like saying, this comic book character's awesome, and this one's awesome, but when you put them in the same comic book together, it might not meld as well as you think. You know, Superman exactly. versus Batman type deal. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yep. that's brilliant. I never even thought of it like that. So that's actually a really good way to look at it. That's, that's pretty wild. Like, I just went on a wrestling... I didn't wrestle this last weekend, but I rode down to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma with my trainer, Craig, and our friend, Aaron, who had his first match, and he did awesome. But yeah, we had, like, you know, 10 hours in the car, so we talk about stuff like this, work it all out, figure out why I like the things I like, and I, that's... I love it. I love road trips for that reason, and... Craig's been wrestling for 23 years, so he has just a vast pool of knowledge to just dive into, and he's always willing to answer questions and help with anything. So, yeah, these trips are awesome. I love going on these trips. Even if I don't get to work on them, it's worth it in every way. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, it'd be so cool to go there. And like you said, you're like picking their brain to help analyze your own brain and why you think the way you do and to kind of get a better grasp on what maybe you want to go for next. That's super cool. You had mentioned uh, Josie, Joshi Pirasau earlier, and uh, what does that mean? Let's let's translate that into English the best way we can. Joshi uh, Puroresu. Puroresu is the Japanese word for professional wrestling. All right. Professional wrestling. Puroresu. And Joshi means Japanese woman. So Joshi Puroresu, Japanese women's wrestling. So there we go. I remember you making shirts for some of that, stickers, things like that. Yeah, I'm gonna grab one real quick. Yeah, definitely. I'll uh, I'll keep talking. So I she had made like a design for some of this stuff and had made made her own shirts and and screen printed them and everything. So there we go. If everybody's watching on the Patreon, maybe I'll pop this in the clip too. And then that's just Joshi Pro in Japanese. Oh, cool. A hand tie dyed them. I designed it. I screen. I those one. I did a couple hand painted, but I screen printed most of them. But yeah. It was, that was pre me doing wrestling when I had time to work on art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you bring any of those with you to shows and sell them? I do. I, I sold quite a few of them. I wrestled uh, Mid-States Wrestling in Harrington, Missouri. Was it Harrington? No, it wasn't Harrington. It was Springfield, Missouri. That's where it was. And I sold like five or six when the little kids loved them. Oh, I mean, awesome. they probably don't they are but they like that they're colorful oh yeah 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 exactly do you think there's like a way you're gonna end up blending your art into this wrestling because you kind of did a little bit with uh like a hannah kimura tribute didn't you yeah i mean i am actually making my own gear i'm just going to try I've, i guess i've essentially made all the stuff i've worked on i've worn so far but that was just circumstantial but now i'm actually choosing i'm making a singlet i got a serger it's now fixed and operational. So um, I think that's how I'm going to be able to 
I mean, outside of like using my creativity within the ring to be able to tangibly still do art is through making gear. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I mean, you, you, you do have merch at the merch table. Do you think you're going to end up making some more like art related merch in there? Or do you think you're just going to infuse your art with, uh, what's going on and then maybe pay someone else to, to make some of the things? Um, I am super perfectionist about everything and I will brag and say that my merch table usually looks better than most at the shows just because I make like I will stencil like the prices for things so it'll be like a three layered with like glitter and neon and it'll say the price all pretty and stuff so like mine's just like flashy looking so yeah I I can't not art I have to <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about like Last time you were on here, like we said, you were you were booking music shows once a year as well as like an art show that was once a year, and they kind of melt melted together where the music was at night and the art was during the day. So you ended up with this double double show uh, over the course of what would be like the weekend of the Des Moines Arts Festival. Uh, not really happening anymore. But do you see any parallels from when you were trying to book these shows and do things like that, as far as like the business aspect of somebody trying to book a show? that you're on have you ever like thought to yourself like i wonder how much this costs or i wonder how much they're paying everyone or et cetera, et cetera. i don't think i would ever want to put on a wrestling show ever like, <laughs> so much between the ring crew the concessions the sound the announcers the referees all of the workers on the show it's kind of mind-blowing to me that so many events even happen because of all the logistics that it takes like in especially in missouri where they have the athletic commission like you have there's a commissioner at the show every time you have to like register it with the state there's so many like loopholes you have to go through to even put a show on so it's kind of mind blowing that so many people can come together like every single weekend to make stuff like that happen but i have i have no desire to ever put on a wrestling show i'll help someone like i'll help put some music like be a part of it maybe but like i would never want to be fully in charge of that it's just too much <laughs> yeah i mean that's when you break it down like we've been to a lot of companies and not every company has to have everything so like we've been to some places where it's like the sound guy is one guy with a laptop plugged into a pa system you know and they have they have one announcer you know uh, the pa system sucks whatever but they still pull it off with basic stuff but like you said we've also been to shows where they're not huge productions but it's like they've got two commentators they've got two video people They've got somebody running the sound with a big sound system. They had to have people set up the stage, the concession stands, uh, the merch yeah. tables, uh, the runway, the, or the ramp, or whatever you want to call it, you know, the aisle. So, like, it's like, man. It's a good example of that one is I recently wrestled uh, at Phoenix Pro Wrestling in Omaha. I wrestled Miranda Gordy. Cool. And uh, it was at the Waiting Room Lounge in Omaha, which is, like, a legendary music venue. And it was so cool there were like real green rooms with showers but like you said there were two announcers they had like a the whole the whole production was just like spot on and it was there's it's i've wrestled on shows where there's no production there's not even a song when you come out because they don't even know how to like hook up the sound system there's no ring bell and those are super like funnest times ever too and then i've been on ones where the production is just like top notch so it's just it's so it's so fun and like the variety is just you never know what you're gonna get into you never know who you're gonna meet and it's you just gotta hang on and have fun okay as somebody that's been to thousands of uh music events 
Uh, you mentioned the waiting room and how that was known for music. Uh, have you, what are the parallels you've seen? Uh, you kind of just mentioned some, I'm sure, but what are the parallels you've seen between going to so many music shows, whether or not you're going as a fan or somebody that's with the band, and then this, you know, going to pro wrestling shows? Uh, I mean, the parallels are almost endless between music and wrestling. Like, there's so many. It's similar in so many ways. And I think that me being involved in the entertainment world before this has helped me so much because, like, I know, I know, like, what small crowds are like. I know, like, I've been through so many just circumstances and I've been, like, inviting people to come see you and stuff like that. I don't get disappointed because I know that I've been through that, been there, you know? And these brand new green people, like I'm green, obviously, but I'm not green to the entertainment world. Mm -hmm. So that that part of it's like old hat for me, which is nice because then I can and like having my merch and all of that, all my that's my art world doing that. So that's on point. And now I feel like I can just really focus on wrestling, which it's helpful. I don't have to figure out all that other stuff because I did that for years. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you you know what small crowds are like, and it took me a while to get used to small crowds playing with the bands that I play with. Uh, they're not always small. Sometimes they're big, but, you know, like, uh, let's just call, call it like we call it. Last weekend, you were at a show that uh, I was on stage, and you were like 17% of the crowd. <laughs> that's being generous I yeah think. so like let's, if we call it like we call it like the thing is like if i was new to this i would have just stood there and been like this is stupid but like at that show like i was just like i'm just gonna ham it up like a million times because it doesn't matter you know and i mean that comes with doing lots of shows too is like uh, i mean it was a last minute we thrown on last minute one of the bands dropped off there were a million circumstances in that and like yeah if you're new to it you're gonna be like it's gonna hurt you you're gonna get a hit from that but this is just like, well, let's just practice on stage. Let's, and you still gotta, you still have to put in for the people who are there, even if it's just me and Kathy and like two other people. Like, yeah, you still, yeah, yeah. Because how much would that suck if you were a fan and like, even if it's just a wrestling show, it's like, well, I paid money to come here, and yeah, there's only forty people here or whatever, but like, the wrestlers can't just come out there and just like, well, nobody's taking bumps tonight, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Although that would be kind of fun. It takes a, it takes a lot. And that's the thing. Like you have to appreciate the small crowds because it takes a lot to get out of your house, to spend the money on gas. That's freaking $5 a gallon to take your kids out late on a school night. Like it's a lot. And like, you want to be grateful for those people spending their time and money on you. Yeah. And I will have to say this though, even though gas has gone up in price, even though food's gone up in price, no entertainment, hasn't gone up in price it's it's still like <laughs> it's still free to get into music shows you know it's still ten dollars to get into most wrestling shows or whatever so, so uh, maybe we should address that in some way yeah something should keep up with inflation i don't know but yeah i don't know it's kind of funny to think about that so like people that want to complain about like i don't want to pay five bucks to a show it's like it was five bucks 30 years ago and it still it hasn't gone up in price once like just pay the five dollars yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get into this to make money because uh, all I've done so far is spend money on it. But <laughs> I don't care. Like I, I get experiences, I get stories, I get things I wouldn't have. And if it takes more money and gas, then whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I really don't. 
Well, I'm with you on this too. Cause I mean, like you and I both have kind of parallel stories. Like we were good people in our lives. We're smart people in our twenties. We might not have made the best choices, but like at the same time, it's not like we were just like screwing our lives away and things like that, you know? So like we get to this point now where it's like, well, now we have hobbies and things like that. We're financially stable enough where we can go do these things. You know, we finally figured everything out and it's like, now let's go do these things. And this is nothing more than like a runaway hobby for me, a second profession that I might not make money at. But like, I also think to myself, like you with wrestling or you with art, and then it comes back to me with, you know, podcasting or me with the bands and things like that. If I wasn't doing that, I don't know what I'd be doing. Exactly. Like, it's better to do stuff than not do stuff. Yeah. Oh, I sat at home and watched, you know, American Dad for the third time start to finish. Like, <laughs> Which, I mean, I like veg out too. I'll have days where I do day of nothing, but I try to balance that out. I try to have a few less of those now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels good to go out and do stuff too. Like, I mean, you're not making an impact on, you know, it's not like you're going to get mentioned on Raw, to, you know tonight and they're not going to be like on the commentary like Kelsey Magnolia was in Tulsa this weekend you know like but still you're out there doing your thing and you're freaking loving it and I I think one of the funnest things would be to start to see like you get to travel a lot more than we do as a band like you as a pro wrestler so you get to see these people from like different states that start to like find your page and like your yeah. stuff or maybe buy stuff from you and you have to ship it to them like that'd be mind-blowing yeah it's it's pretty cool anytime anyone like buys an eight by ten or like it's just views me as a wrestler instead of just like oh that's kelsey i know her like she's just this person like when they view me as like i'm a wrestler that's pretty cool that is really cool you know because i mean obviously like one of your first matches that you did it wasn't your very first match uh but it was like your first public match working for a company like a whole bunch of us went to go see you and stuff and that was also like i gotta say that was really cool to watch you like transform your character like into what you are because i know you personally so it was kind of fun to be like Oh, she's she's being pretty mean right now <laughs> you know like you're the bad guy but it's like i couldn't believe how like i couldn't believe how many people came out to that first show it was awesome it was all my friends i, I didn't have any family come out but i had friends come out because those are my family and it was great yeah i i'm just i'm just grateful man i'm grateful for all of this <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you've chosen you've chosen wisely to do the things you wanted to do in your life and then this chapter is like super fun it's it's been a long long road to get here and just trying to be positive about all of it yeah you're out there doing what you wanted to do and i'll, I'll be honest like my life growing up i was like i want to be a pro wrestler i want to be a pro wrestler and now it's like i mean being a male and being 35 like i'm way past my prime like i'm not dave batista there's so many people that have told me that like dave batista didn't start training it's like i don't i'm not dave batista like <laughs> tone it down a notch. so i'm not gonna go do it so now i get to live vicariously through you and it's tons of fun it's cool to see you traveling all over the place and just doing all this fun stuff uh it's it just makes me smile so much I, mean, I, was, I like you said we go way back i mean i you've become this incredible guitar player i mean <laughs> you super, you'll like you'll admit you were super beginner when i first started hanging out with you and now oh, yeah. like my mind every time you play shows it's awesome to see how we've both grown yeah, it really has. And I mean, uh, I, I do have to say thanks for taking some time out of your day for sitting down and talking with me about this, because I'm sure it's not necessarily easy still being kind of green in the industry. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, I, I don't think I've had a good match yet, but, you know, I have matches and I don't actually crap my pants when I'm out there. So, like, that's all I can really ask for. <laughs> I will have to say you're taking some like it's not like you're just taking arm drags and clotheslines the whole time. You're taking like you know, triple suplexes and things like that. Like when I saw you take the triple suplex, I was just like, 
I, I, I put myself in your shoes, which is something I've never really done too much to a pro wrestler because they're just like, you know, mythical people to me, you know. So now that I know you, I'm just like, I wouldn't want to take one of those, let alone get up and take two more. I do have to shout out Malaya Hosaka. That is my favorite match I've had. She is a veteran in this industry. She has been around for a long time and that was the easiest match. She was amazing to work with. And, uh, those were not fun to take at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. You've got to wrestle some cool people. Like, didn't you say she's been on TV? Uh, I mean, she's wrestled for WCW. She's worked for every major promotion. She's wrestled Akira Hokuto. Like she's, she's the only one in America that's still doing it from the time that she was wrestling. Like the only one. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And then, uh, it was an honor to get to work with her, and I really hope I get to again because I'm going to beat her the next time. Ah, there you go. And then you said Miranda, <laughs> Miranda Gordy, though, too, right? Oh, yeah. Miranda wrestled Miranda three times so far, and of course I haven't beat her yet, and but I'm going to wrestle her a bunch more times. I mean, she's a freaking Gordy, dude. Yeah. She's a house. She's a freaking strong, but... I'm still learning. I'll get there. Yep. So for those that don't know, that's uh, Terry Bam Bam, Gordy's daughter. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Nailed it. There we go. So that's another fun thing is like, if it was like 10 years ago, it was like, ah, I think Peter might know a little bit more about wrestling than Kelsey. And now I have to like ask you questions. So it's awesome. <laughs> the, the student has become the master. The master. <laughs> well, we've covered pretty much uh, everything I had on my docket here. We've got about an hour in other than that little break that we took because I had audio difficulties. But uh, you got anything? What? <laughs> I think we did a really good one. I think we did good. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you feel like I should kind of maybe bring up or you kind of wanted to bring up at all? Um, Just that go watch Three Finger Betty anytime you can because my husband's the drummer too. Yes. <laughs> Clip awesome. Like we have more connection than just being friends. Yeah. I mean, you did mention that, but yeah. Uh, just go see Three Finger Betty or any music that Peter or John or Clint ever go play anywhere. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're out there. We're trying hard and it's fun. We just finished off a, a new album uh, this last weekend. So we'll see when that ends up coming out. But Was that the last you guys needed to do? That was it. Just got to let it all get mixed in all this whatever. But uh, there are a few other issues we got to fix in the studio. But whatever. I'm, I'm excited to have you come back somewhere around the state so I can come watch you again. So if anybody out there that's a pro wrestling promoter that's listening to this, Hook it up. Hook hook your brother up. <laughs> don't don't hook Kelsey up. I don't care about that. I want to come see her, so hook me up. <laughs> All the money I spent in the last 15 years of pro wrestling shows, I think I deserve this. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, it's going to be super cool to see you out there and about doing shows again. And, you know, hopefully it's uh, at a time when I'm not busy so I can come watch you, you know, so. Life of an uh, artist, man. We're always on the road. Yep, yep. So uh, thank you very much for joining me. Don't go away. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll keep talking to you here. But thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, what a fun episode. It's so funny. I, I talk with her all the time, but I feel like these podcasts give me an opportunity to ask questions I wouldn't normally ask in a in a day-to-day -day environment with somebody. So thank you, Kelsey, for sitting down and regaling me with some stories and uh, telling me about some things and, you know, just answering my all-around questions. I, I, it's kind of fun, you know. Uh, we used to be out in the crowd watching these people wrestle, and now she is in the ring wrestling. It is so awesome. She, oh, It's so cool that she's she's wrestled intergender matches uh i mean the whole thing is just cool she's traveled across the midwest wrestling all over the place she's found some fun people to hang out with she's uh doing some really good training with some really good people 
I don't know Craig Kiesman personally, but I've seen him wrestle a bunch, and I uh, have minuscule contact with him online. I believe we're Facebook friends. Pretty sure we're Facebook friends. Either way, yeah, totally good guy. Uh, It's just, it's so cool that uh, she knows what she wants out of this, and she's going to go find a way to go get it, you know? We talked about uh, whether or not you want to come come out there and actually like be a star be mega famous or world famous or whatever it is she knows what she wants out of this and she's gonna go get it and that's one of the reasons i look up to her is uh she makes a goal and and attains it i mean it started with as simple as it sounds it started with her like just doing like basic diet and exercise change changes to to prepare herself for this and that is uh you know that inspired me to kind of maybe watch my you know health a little bit better maybe I'm still not the best at it, but I think uh, this interview has uh, maybe re-inspired me to kind of take care of myself. So if anybody out there is uh, looking for anything, uh, you know, like that to do, maybe uh, use this as inspiration like I'm going to try to do. I mean, I'm not going to go train to be a pro wrestler or anything, but I think we could all, you know, probably deal with being a little bit healthier in our day-to-day lives. At least I know I could. I shouldn't pigeonhole anyone else. But uh, it's been awesome to have Kelsey on here to talk about wrestling, uh, to talk about her transformation from putting on art shows and making art and and booking sh- music shows and how all that relates to professional wrestling. And I mean, it's it's always been one of those tropes with wrestling that professional wrestling mirrors, uh, it's like art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. It's just this thing that, that for some reason translates so well to so many different facets and areas of life, uh, whether, whether it's the real world, the music industry, whatever it is. It's so cool that she's uh, out there doing what she, what she wants to do, and I, I look up to that a lot. So thank you, Kelsey, for sitting down and providing some inspiration for me and hopefully some other people on here to go out there and uh, try and chase your dreams. What do you got to lose, people? What do you got to lose? Ah, I got to say thanks once again for Kelsey. Scroll down, click on the links for her down in the, the comments section, well, the description section down below. Uh, find her links all over the place. She's on Twitter. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. I believe she has uh, a YouTube page that she's also monitoring. I'll put all the links I can find down below and uh, check them out. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, share, and everything. Let her know what you thought about the episode. Uh, if anybody's listening to this that's booking shows, I do know there are a couple pro wrestling bookers that occasionally listen to this uh, this podcast, which is kind of fun because uh, it's mostly music-based, but I do like me some pro wrestling too. So if there's any bookers out there looking for uh, a nice female talent to bring on board, hit her up. Hit her up. What do you got? To, what do you got to lose? Nothing. You're gonna bring people in. You're gonna bring me in to your venue. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh man! Thanks again for Kelsey, and thank you guys for listening. If you guys are looking for anything Audible Farm, all the links are down below. There's links to the Facebook page, the website. The website has all the links. You can go to the website and find them all. Uh, Instagram. I mean, we're talking everything. YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube page. It's been a weird one. It's uh, the subscriptions go up and down and up and down and up and down. We've we're we're still pretty you know stuck at 250 ish but if you guys are uh, into youtube yeah go check it out hit subscribe then you will never miss another uh, episode again wherever you're listening to this please please leave us a review uh I, I know anywhere there's there's a place to leave a review i think maybe spotify might be the only place not to but you can follow us there and maybe leave us a review on facebook i'll tell you what i thank you guys for listening each and every week reviews or not uh subscriptions to the youtube or not it doesn't matter i'm having a blast doing this every week i'm trying my best to get these episodes out uh in due time the best ways that i can i'm trying everything i can not to make this a semi-weekly podcast so thank you guys for listening i will be out this yeah i'm out i'll check you next week peace